0: Listening to the full 10 yards podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we're welcoming you in to another episode of the full 10 yards podcast. 20th of November is a Tuesday evening. Thank you all so much for joining us and for this episode. We're joined by Lee. Unfortunately, Rob couldn't make it today to go through all the Week 11 games. But me and Lee, as ever, are going to be here to take you through all the games that happened uh, over the weekend in Week 11. And of course, it's Tuesday, so we have the full 10 questions. And today is our very own Adam Wolford. see if he can climb atop top of the leaderboard. The current leaderboard is a couple of people on seven, so hopefully he can do a bit better than that. And don't forget, also, we have a, a, an call from Scott McKay today that's just, um, just, before, just before we went on, on air, actually, the... Looking at the teams, so obviously trade deadline in fantasy football is approaching next couple of days. Thanksgiving is usually, uh, or the Sunday, this Sunday is the, the deadline. So just looking at a couple of players or a couple of teams there that have some good schedules there to maybe go and try and trade for uh, in order to help you win your championship. Uh, of course we have waivers, we have uh, Jason Garrett Corner, Stinkers and Stonkers and a little look ahead to the three games we have on Thursday night because of course it is Thanksgiving. But Lee, we welcome you in. Hope. You, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, no, it was a uh...
0: Good football. Yeah, I mean, obviously, going into the weekend, it looked like a really good slate of games. But uh, obviously, a couple of them were, were blowouts, uh, which we'll obviously get to uh, in the minute. But uh, I apart from last night's game, a bit, a bit underwhelming.
1: Yeah, especially after playing. I mean, you no, know, was a great slate of games and stuff like that. Like beforehand, and then yeah, it was a bit underwhelming. So I was thinking that as I was sort of going through my Sunday evening. Mm.
0: Yeah, a couple of games. A couple of games, obviously, being decided by field goals. Uh, one that kind of went against your team, but um, yeah, I didn't didn't really come out of it thinking, "Oh my god, like this is amazing." I, I know last night I kind of made up for it with um, you know the, the Chiefs and the Rams, uh, but yeah, overall, I've, I thought uh, hopefully, hopefully, Thanksgiving can turn it around a little bit. But yeah, it was a bit underwhelmed coming out of uh, coming out of Sunday. Yeah, there was, I think
1: there was enough uh, there was enough juicy games, enough juice for us yeah. to talk about. Yeah, not, not as much as we were anticipating.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, one bit of news before we get through to the week 11 games. Trubisky battling a shoulder inju- injury should be okay to go for Thursday. Obviously, it's a short turnaround. They played uh, on Sunday, uh, quite the Sunday night football, to then have the early game on the Thursday. A bit brutal, really. I don't think it's really happened before that. That's been the case, but. Uh, uh, Trubisky should be good to go. Uh, if not, it's going to be Chase Daniels, isn't it? And uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be the most appealing game on paper should uh, Trubisky miss that game. Um, but yes, yeah, so a couple of games obviously there to go through for Thursday. Uh, also, before we get into all the Week 11 games, don't forget we have our November jersey competition where just to head over to our... our- Twitter at Full10Yards. Go on the pin tweet there and follow the instructions on how to enter for free for your chance to win a Larry Fitzgerald jersey. But, Lee, let's get into Week 11. Let's start off with my boys, Dallas at Atlanta. Um, now seemingly, obviously, with the news about Alex Smith uh, at Washington, the Thursday night game against Washington could be uh, could be the title of the division decider.
1: Yeah, it, it, might, it may well be. It may well turn out to be that. After obviously, we're talking about Washington. as. As someone who's, you know, sort of by default going to sort of win the division, and then it all just turned on that one injury, which is really important, obviously. Mm. And then obviously it came up with this big result for Dallas as well, which obviously I don't think he was went for no. beforehand. And uh, yeah, you've sort of managed to uh, sort of worm your way into it, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 purely based really on, on Zeke and, and this defence. Uh, I've said it week after week, a, a, a legit. Elite defense. Uh, Leighton Van der Esch and Jalen Smith, I think, have combined for 157 tackles or something stupid this season, um, and it just shows you how we've come on from last year when Sean Lee went down, how you know, lost we looked in in that on that defense. To turn it round, obviously the Woozy uh, 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 and uh, Byron Jones and Jeff Heath there at the back end are pretty decent as well. Although Julio Jones put a massive hit on on Jeff Heath there on to save an interception by by Matt Ryan, but that defense uh, giving us a platform to to go and win games like this one. It was a gritty game, uh, winning by obviously the, the Brett Maher field goal as, t- as time expired, and it was it was you know Dallas Dallas teams of of you know, last year and you know uh, former Jason Garrett years to get, we usually fall flat on our faces in this game, but uh, yeah, just a bit of steel, just a bit of grit there. Now uh, I'm not saying this all Jason Garrett's uh, doing, cause it's certainly, it's, it certainly isn't, but um, yeah, putting ourselves in a position to win games and, you know, two weeks ago when we lost to Tennessee on Monday night football, I said our, our season was over and we are done, but uh I mean, if Alex Smith maybe wasn't injured, it'd maybe still be a, you know, I'd still be a bit pessimistic, but we've got a great opportunity now to, to tie, tie for the division and maybe take over the, uh, the head-to-head there. And go into the postseason, obviously Eagles uh, struggling as well, which is always music to my ears. A couple of notes on this game. Uh, Julio Jones. I mean, what a player he is. I know he scored on, on a touchdown, the offensive side of the ball, but a couple of times he's he's saved interceptions. Obviously, I mentioned there about the hit he put on Jeff Heath is always a bit of a, is, is always worth a watch. Um, but yeah, he's he's so he's such a good uh, from a football IQ uh, perspective. He, he knows exactly you know, all the rules. You know, what everything he's doing, everything he's supposed to do, and he's, he's what a player. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely one of the one of the top players in
1: the league, not just at his position. Generally, really, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, nothing more I can sort of that. What you've said, he's just a great player, isn't
0: he? Mm. Yeah, fifth straight, uh, with a hundred yards, uh, receiving, and obviously the third now straight, where with, with a touchdown. And I just wanted to mention as well, obviously, Brett Maher coming in missed his first field goal, but it's been pretty much perfect since, um, and obviously. It's all been quiet there the, the kicking position. There's a lot of fuss made about Dan Bailey leaving at the end of the season and getting rid of him, and obviously Des as well, and Jason Witten. And but Brett Maha has just come in and gone quietly about his business. And to be, you know, he kicked another game-winning field goal uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday or Sunday now uh, against Atlanta. He's done it a couple of times this season, but he's quietly gone about his business. And you know, we, if you look at all the kickers in, in the league, that you know the ups and downs of kickers, even just this year, but most years, um, it, it says a lot when you're not talking about a team's kicker.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a nice position to be in. Obviously, we uh, as the Chargers fans, we know sort of more than most, really, especially recently. About sort of kicking trials and tribulations. Yeah, it is kind of a relief now. Um, you know, now that we've got Michael Badgley, who's started really well, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, his first few games, that it's quite a relief off, off the mind. And you kind of it's one of those things that you don't realise how important it is until it all goes wrong mm-hmm. and you're missing kick week after week and it's seemingly such a simple part of the game um, Mm. very vital Quite to get it right. Yeah, it gives you a lot of problems if you know if it's not going
0: well. No, and of course a couple of games this weekend. Obviously went to field goal. Uh, you know, were decided by field goals as, as time expired. Uh, a couple of them, even three or four I can think of off the top of my head, which we shall get to. Dallas and Atlanta obviously, of course, play on Thursday uh, on Thanksgiving, and we'll get to those a bit later on in the show. Uh, another team that is playing on Thursday night is the Detroit Lions, who got the home win at uh, hosting the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, they certainly did. Obviously, uh, making the pair of us look a bit silly. Obviously, we uh, we both backed Carolina quite heavily in this one, and uh, yeah. So maybe practicing the snow necessarily is the way forward. Maybe Matt Patricia's on to something, and maybe we owe him a massive apology uh, for that. Um, and yeah. maybe it's something in good stead. Maybe a bit of toughness. Obviously, he's tried to sort of rule it with not with an iron fist, but it's sort of, struck, sort of struck me like a bit of a, a sort of military style, sort of getting them like really well conditioned and making them do things a little bit unnecessary to sort of, quote-unquote, make them tough kind of thing, which, you know, make them train and snow. is definitely up there, and it's sort of a an activity which fits that bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was a really weird one for the, the Panthers to drop this after being quite hot recently, and uh, and on the other side of that car in Detroit, not having one since beaten New England. So, yeah, very, very strange one. But, you know, it's sort of any given Sunday kind of thing, isn't it, where anyone can beat anyone? Mm. Uh, big talking points in terms of sort of stats and fantasy: DJ Moore and Kenny Galladay both having big games receiving. Bit of a breakout game for Moore, obviously the game that sort of you've been waiting for. a sort of a big advocate of him, and uh, everyone's been waiting for him to have. And for Galladay, he's making that Golden tape trade look a really nice piece of business. As uh, so for sort of been no, I wouldn't even say that the Detroit fans have been missing Tate a great deal. Mm. Uh, Galladay looks like he's sort of well in the ascendancy and going to make a, a good career for himself. Mm. Uh, Just moving on to the game, the big talking point this came right at the end when uh, Riverboat Ron sort of slid up to that name really and went for it for two, just like the Titans did in Wembley. And uh, just like the Titans in Wembley didn't get it as well. So, handing Detroit the win in the dying seconds.
0: Yeah we'll talk about that one a bit later on on the show but yeah it was was a bit of a surprise this one Obviously, Carolina were favored by 4 4 5 points uh, in this one and the form book or all, all point you know all pointed to to Carolina taking this one quite comfortably I still think Detroit are on a, a great team I think they've uh, <sighs> we said about Carolina before you know when you kind of whisper their name as a, as a contender or um, you know, some a team that can go deep into the playoffs, they kind of fall flat on their flat on their face, and that's what they've done in this game. And, you know, it wasn't exactly outdoors; it was indoors, it's so you know, shouldn't have been too much of, a, of an issue uh, away from home. But yeah, DJ Moore had a big game. Christian McCaffrey, I think, was rather was a bit quiet. Uh, from what I saw, I didn't really see too much of this one. But yeah, I still think Detroit aren't, aren't the greatest of teams, uh, but managed to get the win on this one. So uh, maybe they still think they've got a chance there for the division, uh, not for the division maybe, but the uh, wild card playoffs. But we will have to see how they play uh, in Chicago on Thursday night. Moving on to another team that is uh, coming from the doldrums of the, the basement of the division, the uh, ten, uh, Indianapolis Colts getting a big division win over the Tennessee Titans.
1: Yeah, really big win this one in... Uh... You know, in another uh, clash of the south in the division. I'll get the Titans out of the way in one sentence, uh, just before I move on to the Colts, actually. They're either the best bad team in the NFL or the worst good team. I'm not really sure which it is. Mm. That's so weird. Uh, but yeah, on the Colts, like I say. Uh, so at the moment, they're a couple of games back on the player race. <laughs> like we say, uh, you know, five, uh, sorry, a few weeks ago, they were one and five. And now I wouldn't be even shocked if they took the sixth seed. No. That's how much of a turnaround this has been.
0: No.
1: Um, Andrew Luck is back. The offensive line is giving him eons to throw every time he drops back. Mm. The defense is playing really, really well. The Col- Colts are absolutely killing some teams. This was an absolute mauling. Mm. You know, the Titans weren't really in this. They were out of it early as well. This, this is the second week in as many weeks that they've had the game sewn up. Basically, you know, within the first half. Um, a week ago, I said the Cleveland Browns had the best draft of any team in 2018. Colts aren't far behind in that sentiment. Definitely not. Uh, you know Quentin Nelson the first, Braden Smith, the quote-unquote other guard, uh, Darius Leonard, defensive rookie of the year, candidate, Kamal Kotorre is contributing, Naheem Hines, John Wilkins. They're all contributors. They're all making meaningful contributions to both sides of the ball. The team's yeah. about to be really good with those young players.
0: Yeah, that offensive line, I was, I was speaking to yeah. some of my friends, I think the four of their five offensive line uh, players have all been top 33 picks in, in their respective drafts. So it just shows you the capital that they've put in front uh, of Andrew Luck, obviously on his way back. And it, it was needed. And he, you know He's not been sacked for five five games now. And I don't think he was touched at all by uh, Tennessee Titans. And if you think how, how much Tennessee got pressure on Dak Prescott a couple of weeks ago, Harold Landry and... Uh, was it Rashawn Evans is he there as well I can't remember, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah just just crazy that uh, the, the kind of streak that they're putting on uh, for, for Andrew Luck and obviously it's important because they need to keep him upright and they need to protect his, his shoulder or you know his arms that have healed now I, I assume he's he's back to full health putting my my article at the start of the year totally to shame but hey you know you take a stance and uh, if you're wrong you're wrong I was, I was wrong and Andrew Luck is back T.Y. Hilton uh, had a nice touchdown in this one a uh, long bomb, which was always, always nice to see too, T Y Hilton with his celebrations, uh, they're usually quite a lot of fun. But yeah, I wouldn't. You know, it's not within the uh, the most crazy of of ideas to think that the Colts make the postseason.
1: No, definitely not. And just just going back to the sort of protection that looked getting, the, the only shame of it is we're not seeing those videos now where it's like congratulating defensive players for good hits, which I always find really funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And going uh, to go, go into your defensive player of the year, rookie defensive player of the year, uh, Lasslane his name, not, not Darius Leonard.
1: Well, I did say candidate. You know, <laughs> yeah. think they're, both, they're both definite candidates. And, you know, neither the correct answer. Everyone knows who's doing, James. But, you know. Reeee. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, well, yeah, it was an interesting game. I'd say India at home um, forced to be reckoned with a little bit, and uh, yeah, that place, that place is rocking. A lot of a couple of Colts fans I know uh, more than excited about what the future holds there for the Colts. Um, wow. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, good win. Obviously, gets them back in back in the race. That's uh, so That's all you can really ask for. Um, and it just shows what, what a good head coach can do. Frank Reich, obviously, taking over from Chuck la last year. And it uh, just shows, obviously, looking at how Philadelphia have played this year. Mm. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. I wonder if uh, Mr McDaniels is kicking himself somewhat.
0: Mm. Well, yeah. Well, we, we, who knows now? Who knows? It's, it, that's his that's his loss, isn't it? But um, yeah. Talking about t- two losses, the two teams that have uh, had their fair show of losses this season. Tampa Bay at New York Giants. Lots of uh, touchdowns in this one, a lot of points in this one, and uh, you, want, you know it's not a game week unless you have a, a Tampa Bay quarterback carousel. Fitzmagic obviously getting benched once again, uh, had a rushing touchdown which was quite nice, but his interceptions are just just absolutely crazy. Uh, nice Bec- uh, Odell Beckham catch for a touchdown, but Saquon Barkley had had a hat trick in this one, um, but yeah, again it was just one of those kind of basement barrel. Uh, basement barrel matches, and the loser obviously going, essentially going to get a better pick in the draft, and this, that kind of goes to Tampa Bay, who are spiraling towards a top three pick.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, just a bit of a statistical anomaly that I heard about today. Uh, we include which was included in this game is the Buccaneers actually got more yards in the game last week than the Rams did on Monday Night Football, and they <laughs> scored two few one fewer points. Jesus, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, you know, it's another one of those weird. Tampa Bay game, obviously we spoke about the Washington game where there was loads of yards and nine points in the first half or whatever it was. Mm. Just a really weird football team. And yeah, like you say, definitely spiraling towards the top five pick. and Mm. They look like they need it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another one about the quarterback carousel. Is, I've got a stat here in front of me. Uh, Drew Brees has 26 touchdowns one interception and 240 fantasy points on the season. If you combine the, the two Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterbacks, they've got 28 touchdowns <laughs> 23 interceptions, but 248 fantasy points. So they, that's quite something, it's eh?
1: The crazy
0: world of fantasy football. Quite something. Well, I say, it's anything that makes Blake Bortles viable.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get on to him shortly, I think. Mm.
0: We were indeed. Uh, but yeah, not really much else to, to say on this one. Elon Man had a, a decent enough game for those that streamed him uh, in, a, in a bit of a tough week. Obviously, a lot of teams on by this week. Uh, yeah, These two teams are just fighting over the scraps a little bit, um, so don't really need to talk too much about that. So let's move on to Houston at Washington.
1: Yeah, obviously, this is something that's obviously going to be dominated by obviously the big news of Alex Smith and his injury. Mm. Uh, obviously, our sort of prayers and wishes go Towards him, and hopefully he'll have a, a speedy recovery. Uh, but you know, onto the game, and Houston sort of march on, don't they? You know, it's it's they're, they're sort of becoming really hot now, and and it's one of those things where you sort of look at their schedule as we went through the other week, where you're thinking sort of where's the next loss coming from? Mm. They could be entering the playoffs, you know, really hot, and you know that's what what you always aim for, isn't it? That's what you you're looking at, and you're sort of saying like it matters about being on form, really. It doesn't really matter about you know, you record obviously matters what gets you there, of course, but if you're, you're sort of, like, front-loaded with wins and you've kind of, like, limped into the playoff and you look at your chances and it's it's not looking great, but, yeah, they're obviously going to be coming in hot. Um, are they a great team? No, no, not really. Um, Watson, he's still not hitting those heights, is he, even though you'd say he's probably with injuries now. through two picks on Sunday, fairly accurate, uh, 24... Attempt 16 completion, so yeah, it's relatively good. just over 200 yards. Um, but normally, the, the receivers kicked off. None of the running backs had a really great game. On my Miller, uh, best rusher with 86. You know, no one's sort of blown doors off. And you know, if Alex Smith had stayed on the field for the whole game, would it have been a different story, perhaps? So, again, neither of these teams really, you know, really knocking our socks off with their performances in the six and four, uh, sorry, the six and three ball, as we dubbed it. Yeah. Uh, and um, they will probably both with the division. Maybe like we were just talking about Dallas, maybe sneak in. I don't think either of these team, teams are con- sorry contenders at the moment, but you know we'll see. They'll probably both get there in some capacity or another.
0: Yeah, Adrian Peterson, on the other side of the ball for, from a Russian perspective, uh, two touchdowns as well. So he he had a, a nice matchup, uh, a, a nice return for for what looked like a, a difficult matchup on paper. But yeah, just obviously that that uh, Alex Smith injury. Some scary similarities between FLC. everyone's comparing it to Joe Thiesman, uh, thirty-three years to the day. Uh, it was the same score. It was a, he had they had the same yards uh, per attempt in the game. They injured the same leg. They same injured had the same injury, and they were both injured on the third sack of the game. And it's, it's quite scary, isn't it? Really, but um, 30, yeah. thirty-three years ago, the amount of things that are similar. Um, yeah, and both,
1: was it both on the forty-yard line as well? Yeah. There the as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same line. Scary yeah, stuff.
1: It's kind of one of those spooky things, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I've said, I think I've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times before about um, you know, the FedEx Field is not, is not the greatest of fields. It gets chopped up quite quite quickly, and um, obviously that lends itself to injuries. Um, so I'm not going to say oh, yeah. that it was due, but you know it doesn't it doesn't help when you've got when you've got bad bad a bad pitch like that. And I think it's proper turf, isn't it? So yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's yeah, in very, Washington. They're quite bad for injuries, aren't they? In recent years, especially this year. Yeah. Uh, we spoke the other week about them losing is it two or three of their offensive line their starters are now out for the season.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely needs reviewing. You know, if they're going to say that it's unsafe um, you know, to play Mexico on that pitch, then maybe they need to sort of look at it close home mm-hmm. to the NFL.
0: Yeah, and then just for, before we move on, obviously Dustin Hopkins had a chance to win it for the Washington Redskins, but missed the 63 or 62-yard field goal, I think, as, as time expired on that one. So Houston coming away, squeaking past uh, the Washington Redskins and coming away with another another close win on that one. Washington, obviously, of course, played Dallas in the in the um, th- second game on, on Thursday night. But let's move on to Pittsburgh at Jacksonville, one of the playoff games from last season. But Pittsburgh coming back from the dead in this one.
1: Yeah, this, this is a, a horrible game to watch for the most part. Uh, I watched I watched all of this actually and I don't know why. Uh we all know bottles is pretty limited, but until late in the game, Roethlisberger was an absolute disaster and probably worse, to be fair. Yeah. Uh there wasn't a touchdown in this game until the third when Fournette went over to make it sixteen to zip to Jacksonville. And like you say, from there they came back from the dead really. Um yeah, they were allowed to be Sort of brought back by Jacksonville. I thought I didn't think that Jack. Sorry, Pittsburgh played very well, and even after Vance McDonald scored pretty late, you know Jacksonville couldn't even salt this game away and kill it with the, running the clock out, even though this, you know, sort of a uh, well-regarded running team, this power back, you know, and both can use his legs as well. But they weren't able to get it done. You know, they got the ball back, they still gave the ball back to the Steelers, uh, and after an unbelievable talk. Uh, not such a damn, sort of catch uh, by Smith-Schuster and a great catch by AB. Mm. It was a yards away and it gave Ro- Roethlisberger almost unjustly the opportunity to run it in for the winner yeah. when he played so badly. Mm. Uh, before all this, the only thing that was worth watching, as I mentioned uh, last time out, was Brown versus Ramsey. And it was a great matchup. You know, Ramsey was excellent with a couple of like, super-athletic hits. Yeah. One end zone and then a couple of really nice pass breakups as well. However, obviously, AB had the last laugh. You know, with the win, the score, the final catch set up the winner, and the league special receiver is now really hot—eleven touchdowns—and he's only scored, he's only not scored, sorry, uh, in one game this mm. season.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I say, Jacksonville should have, uh, should have put that game to bed, and they—they look really good in the first half. Pittsburgh were awful. Um, yeah, that's what good teams do. Good teams come back, come back, come back from the dead, and sneak it right at the death. Uh, moving on to Cincinnati at Baltimore. Cincinnati, uh, obviously, Baltimore had uh, Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback, and he had 27 rush attempts, which was uh, beats the previous record uh, set by Tim Tebow back in 2011, I think it was. And only four running backs on the weekend had more than 27 uh, 27 rush attempts, so just shows you what Lamar Jackson's all about. Um, but Baltimore essentially coming coming away with a win in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Baltimore really went zero zero quarterback, didn't they? They yeah. just use Lamar as a runner. It took him an age to throw his first pass. Um, it's obviously not like, sort of how they'll be going forward. Really, and I saw quite a lot of things on social media, sort of bemoaning the, la- the lack of passing from Baltimore and sort of taking away from Jackson himself and saying that oh, he's just you know he's super mobile, he's just going to be running back, he's just going to be this and that. It's obviously Joe Flacco's offense. They- they've not installed Jackson's offense yet. No. They were still using him out wide, and um, Robert Griffin was throwing a couple of passes. Mm. This isn't this isn't how they're gonna use him, it's just sort of like a spot start because yeah. Flack was injured and they've not actually sort of transitioned yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that's us pump the brakes on sort of taking away from Lamar Jackson. You know, he got the win and you know, he, he played on his first game and you know, to to win in the National Football League as a rookie is quarterback is super difficult. So let let's sort of give him some praise where it's due a little bit for certain things. Yeah, yeah he's run around. He's you know, he, but it's something that they weren't prepared for. Mm. The, the Bengals would not prepared, you know, as much for, you know, for that. It's difficult to do that. It's a, it's not something you see every day, especially someone of his athletic ability.
0: Yeah, yeah. I say, so obviously, these two teams are in the thick of it in the AFC North, trying to get that uh, that final wild card spot. Do you reckon be either of these two teams make
1: it? Uh, uh no, I wouldn't say so.
0: Cause you got you got a couple of teams at five and five at the moment. You got Miami five and five.
1: Oh, everyone's at five and
0: five. Now. Yeah, Baltimore, Cincinnati, all five and five. Indy, Tennessee, uh, Broncos, bomb back on, on at four and six. There, so obviously one of the wild cards is going to go to the Charges. You would have thought. Um, yeah, I
1: think, we, I think we've got that not so not, but I think our sort of probability is pretty high. Mm. Uh, we've got our, Arizona next. You'd like us to win that, and yeah. then we've got you know a couple We actually got play Cincinnati and Baltimore, so it's in our hands as well, which
0: which
1: I'm sort of thinking that we've sort of... It's in our favour. Yeah. yeah, but- and then, you know, you're looking at who else would get in and, you know, I'd like Indianapolis at this point. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. And- yeah, yeah. Indianapolis certainly have the e- easier of uh, schedules to, to get through. But Baltimore have Oakland next week, which should be a win. They're at home. Um, if you're a fancy owner, they've got a really good uh, juicy matchup for the next couple of weeks. Oakland at home, at Atlanta, at at KC, home to Tampa Bay, and then the Chargers in week 16. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that Scott included in his article there's Baltimore as a team to kind of target for the fantasy playoffs. But yeah, Baltimore—it's kind of in their hands a little bit because of the uh, next week. Obviously, if they get a win, they, they keep the pressure on all the others. But certainly, if you—if you're doing betting, I suppose the Colts would probably be favourites.
1: Yeah, I would say so. And then obviously, if if Washington are sort of limping over the line, and then Dallas sort of take the division, then you'd say that Washington are in a pretty good um, sort of wild card position as well. Uh, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah certainly um, just um, they, they need power. to eke out a few a few yeah, wins they? they've
1: got they've sort of starting with a leg up mm. on everyone else so. yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a good point actually on the over on the nfc side um what should we what have we got next uh talking of oakland oakland at arizona
1: um yeah obviously this is the it's not the one that we wanted to talk about really is it <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no it's not a few talking points um Chopper Rosen made a really nice throw for a, a touchdown pretty early on. It got me quite excited in the first quarter. I thought this is going to be sort of the game where he's going to show everyone sort of what he's all about with like a little bit of time and uh, you know because he's got no pass rushes, we all know. We didn't really impress. You know, only nine of twenty, um, 136. He would get three touchdowns, but two picks. So sort of that blowing hot and cold and still sort of finding his feet a little bit. Uh, you you sort of right on the nose with what you're saying about David Johnson. Uh, he had a great game, 137 yards. It's obviously more uh, yards on the ground than in the air for Arizona. Uh, but for the Raiders, obviously, it's, it's kind of, they're getting the win. They probably didn't really want to. And then we obviously had this blow-up on the sideline, didn't we? Um, I've actually not seen this. Do so you want to sort of explain about this whole blow-up between John Gruden and Derek Carr?
0: Yeah, obviously, you mentioned that, uh, just before I get to that, it's obviously about um, not wanting the win, but John John Greenan uh, was actually quite fired up towards the end there, obviously, kicking the field goal as uh, as time expired. But yeah, f- throughout the whole game, Derek Carr and, and John John Greenham were going going at it, and some, you know some of the some of the time they were joking about and nudging each other on the shoulder, and you know, sometimes it was a bit more heated and you know, a couple of other players got involved, and I just... I don't, it just strikes me as John. John Gruden just doesn't like Derek Carr, and I, I, like I said last week or maybe the week before, I think Derek Carr will will leave in in the off season for maybe a first round pick or something. But um, you yeah, know that's what that's what John Gruden eats and has for breakfast: first round picks. But um, yeah, there, there's going to be plenty plenty of suitors for him. Uh, I can just see him moving on. But there's, there's sort of something not quite right there. They, they obviously disagree with something. Obviously, last week's debacle on the fourth and five play, the final game, play of the game uh, for the Oakland Raiders, it just, just seems to be, you know, they're not on the same page. They don't agree with... They, maybe they don't have the same mentalities. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always going to take Derek Carside. side. I just think he needs a new... He just needs a new a new place to to play. Obviously, look at Khalil Mack, look at Amari Cooper. They've left Oakland and they've gone on to, to great things uh, so far with their new teams. So I think it would be the same for Derek Carr. And, you know, the common denominator here is is John Gruden, and the uh, Raiders have got John Gruden for the next ten years.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we sort of hope if you're sort of not a if you're not a uh,
0: Oakland fan. Mm. Yeah, well, or Las, Las Vegas. Well,
1: yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he will I don't think you'll see them the contract. To be honest with you.
0: Oh no, no, no! It just depends on what point they're going to get out of it.
1: To be honest. Yeah, I mean, are they going to give him a little while? Because this is why they're allowing him to trade away all these players, and they're going to allow him to sort of build it back up. I mm. think. Yeah, you know, four four years maybe. Yeah. In my, which is which is more than ample from yeah. my point of view. Yeah, well,
0: it gives it gives his all his his future first round picks a chance to settle in and um, under the tutelage, if you like, of, of John and see see kind of see where they go. But yes yeah, certainly frosty uh, frosty goings on there over in Oakland. Staying in the AFC West, Lee, another game that went to a field goal as time expired, giving Denver the win over your Chargers.
1: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I was I was pretty unhappy actually on Sunday night with this one. I was fuming when I went to bed <laughs> quite late, to be honest. We just threw this away. Uh, we shot ourselves in the foot over and over again and just allowed them to win it at the death. Uh, not, don't want to sound too bitter. I don't want to sound like we've sort of got this entitlement because we ran on this great run. But, you know, if anyone's sort of thinking that and hasn't watched the game, then please go back and watch the game and just sort of see, and sort of see how we shot ourselves in the foot. Like I say, far too many penalties, drop catches, missed tackles a crucial time. It's a really questionable quarterback play from Philly Rivers at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that we sort of accustomed to saying, no, nice. you know, the detractors will come away and they'll say charges going to charge and all that rubbish. Uh, but in this one, we really did. Uh, mm. played okay, like I say, don't get me wrong, not trying to sort of say it was all on us and they didn't have to do like a great deal, but yeah, you know, they weren't brilliant, they weren't awful, and I would actually say they were a bit hard done to by the refs at times. Mm. A few questionable calls, mm. uh, but obviously, that's that's the NFL for you. Um, I don't think this is terminal to our season. Arizona at home, I mentioned before, is our next up. I think that would be a nice bounce back spot. Uh, For Denver, just touch on them. Um, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, I mentioned before the game. I think they're going to be a really nice tandem for a few years to come. Lindsay, especially, looks really talented. Just get us up to his full speed just immediately, it seems. His acceleration is incredible. And yeah, Freeman sort of being the bigger sort of brewers that. would be a nice sort of uh, dovetail, I feel. Mm. Portland looks looked a lot better than I thought coming out of college as well. And then obviously Miller and Chubb coming off the edge is going to be a potent partnership for a long time. Denver actually looked like they're a good head coach and a quarterback away from being pretty good. Uh you know, Case Keenan wasn't great. He had a couple of good sort of heads up plays throwing it away just before getting sacked, which saved Denver. Quite a few yards in crucial situations. Um and yeah, and france Joseph sort of could have challenged a couple of questionable calls from the refs as well, and just didn't. He just seemed like he was just, I don't know, maybe a bit worried and things like that. So I'd like say, get rid of those two, get some actual talent in there. Denver are going to be good.
0: Mm. Yeah, Philip Rivers, yeah, the turning point for me was that, that third quarter interception from from Philip Rivers, which has been uncharacteristic of him, of him this, year, this year. He's been pretty uh, pretty efficient with the ball and pretty, pretty safe as well. But uh, yeah, that that one there kind of cost them and sp- sparked the, uh, the comeback there from... From Denver, uh, but yeah, so like you say, Chargers move on back at home to Arizona next week, so should be should be fine. Get back on track on that. The big one, obviously, the week after at Pittsburgh on on Sunday Night Football. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, bounce back, sort of get back on form, get back on the, on the game. And then the big games come up. You know, we've got Pittsburgh, we've got Cincinnati, we've got Kansas, we've got Baltimore finishing the season. Got Denver again. You know, we've got some big games. Mm.
0: Yeah, and talking of another big game uh, on Sunday, Philadelphia at New Orleans. New Orleans putting the absolute beat down on Philadelphia. T- for Thanksgiving uh, coming up on Thursday, there's two things I'm thankful for this week. is they, A, the, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles season has just been a joy to watch. And B, Byron Leftwich for David Johnson. I mean, those those two things there have given me a lot of joy this this the last couple of weeks. So, um, But back to the game, yeah, New Orleans just... Stomped all over the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and this game really comes down to two two words for me: Drew Brees, um, absolute dimes he was throwing. Tracon Smith, uh, if you have him in fantasy, try and sell him high now because I don't think I think it's the high high point of his season. I, I managed to trade away in my home league with uh, Austin Hooper, and I got George Kittle on the way back, so very happy about that. But um, yeah, Philadelphia's injuries obviously catching up with them now. Second season in a row where they've had a lot of injuries. I don't feel sorry for them, but. Um, uh, that 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 back end of the defense, and um, you know there, there's there's a whole host of players on on that squad there that are a bit banged up and and, and injury prone. Um, so you you kind of it's it's not really anything you can you can coach around two seasons in a row. Obviously they got they got through it last year and, and won a Super Bowl, but um, it was the largest loss by a, a Super Bowl champ. Obviously losing forty eight to seven, uh, it was quite a drubbing, wasn't it? Zach Ertz had a quiet game. Um, but yeah, I, I heard um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and. Um, Brady Quinn, one of the former quarterbacks in the NFL, was saying that uh, Carson Wentz as a starter is 1-11, where the Philadelphia Eagles have had under 100 rush yards. And I thought to myself, well, he's not had 12 games. He's had more than 12 games as a starter. So I'm not quite Mm. sure whether that's the last 12 games, which might be true, because obviously they've had a bit of... uh, Chopping and changing there at the, at the running back position. They've had, you know, Jay, Jay last season, LeGarrette Blount, and this season, obviously, they've had a mixture of Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, and all, all the rest of them back there. So, yeah, I, I think it was the last 12 games, so 1-11. Yeah, he's 1-11 and where they've only had 100 rush yards. So, for as good as, as Carson Wentz is and as good as the coaching is, obviously, it just shows you the importance of an NFL team needing to establish the run game. Yeah, definitely. It's got
1: to be a balanced game, hasn't it? It's not often that teams get away with it. And uh, you know, when they're really imbalanced either one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, my, my my sort of view on this is yeah, like you say, Drew Brees just playing unbelievable football. Just everything's just so accurate and so on time. It just seems like everything's clicking, he's got so many weapons as well. Obviously Sean Payton's a great offensive acumen uh, to pull it all together. And yeah, the Eagles sort of weren't in it, and, you know, to say that they're sort of the champions and and you know, they're looking to sort of have a good season and things like that. Although like you said, decimation of injuries, but yeah, every reason the Saints just took care of them on both sides of the ball as well. The the defense, is a unit that didn't start very well in the season, but yeah. they're sort of roaring back now. Marshall Lightmore's sort of found his juices again, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's sort of uh, sort of back to that peak, and I think that gives them a lot of energy and allows them to sort of cut off half field almost. Mm. And yeah, it's just a complete football team now. Like like I said on Friday, like I both said, this team's been pretty scary in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, especially at home if they get home field advantage as well. I don't uh, don't fancy anyone going in there and um, and, and winning, uh, let alone covering the spreads. But uh, yeah, Philadelphia now obviously four and six uh, in grave danger of missing the playoffs, like I predicted at the start of the season on my hot takes episode. So I'm just gonna s- scratch that one up for me. You <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: gotta have a bit of self every now
0: and then. Oh yeah, of course I'd, I'd do it every day. Um, helps helps keep the wrinkles off my forehead. <laughs> um talking of wrinkles on foreheads kirk cousins had a lot of them on sunday night football chicago going uh winning at home against obviously minnesota uh, in a game i, th- I thought minnesota were going to going to come in and, and show the dominance but like i said on last week's episode mitch trubisky pulled his pants up his balls picked a lane and they come out with a win yeah yeah
1: definitely i don't think trubisky had his best game but chicago uh, oh, no. yeah. really really good uh just in general, obviously. Uh, Talking about self praise, I've been sort of talking them up and I went for them for when you went for the Vikings and you know came out on top from that one, which yeah, is great. Yeah. Um Anthony Miller's looking great as well, even though he only got two catches, his touchdown grab was really athletic. Taylor Gabriel, some super athletic grabs from him as well, um, taking seven receptions, only fifty two yards. But it's all big receptions, important receptions, and obviously Alan Robinson as well, to sort of bring that try. So that sort of a hat trick together. Uh, it's just a lot of weapons isn't it Terry Cohen out of the backfield and then uh, obviously um, John Howard in the backfield as well running it he's, he's got a lot of weapons and Matt Nagy sort of really creative play calls. watching this game and just thinking how they just do a lot of clever things just a lot of things that just unbalance the defence with a lot of their sort of movement pre snap and stuff like that and then obviously they've got really explosive playmakers and I don't know if, if this is a bit of a hot take but the way that Trubisky sort of running it now he's like a real weapon of his legs I think he's been really underestimated by a lot of teams that come facing yeah. and the way that he's got scrambling style it's kind of reminded me a little bit of Russell Wilson mm.
0: Yeah I, th- I think Mac Nagy over the last week or so has, has made a made a point of getting Trubisky on his legs a little bit and uh, and using obviously what he's got there but there's a lot of players on this team that can make plays and do loads of different things and Mac Nagy's just the perfect person obviously from from uh, Andy Andy Reid's coaching staff just to kind of put all those ingredients in into a pot and come out with a nice soup and just uh, you know one week they can win on offence one week they can win on defence and you know with that defence that they've got probably the best in the league um, hands down to be quite honest at the moment uh, and then say so the the offence can kind of do the rest but they've got so many different types of weapons and so many different ways they can scheme up a, a game plan uh, obviously a lot was made earlier in the season of having like, the first couple of drives scripted and then Trubisky struggling. But now it, it seems to be just coming together where you know he's just had that, that repetition. Because let's not forget, Mr. Trubisky didn't play a lot in college. He didn't play a hell of a lot of snaps in college. So part of it is he's still starting to come along and, and show his potential. But Matt Nagy, i say, is getting the most out of all the players on that team and they're, they're playing really effective and really efficient football. Yeah, no, I definitely
1: completely agree with that. Yeah, I think he only had 13 starts for North Carolina. So yeah, like I say, he's still sort of learning his trade and he's sort of, had his season last year, uh, you know, under a sort of bit of dinosaur in John Fox, and he didn't look good, and he looked like he was going to struggle, but then he's got sort of this innovative, offensive head coach rather than defensive head coach mm-hmm. that can sort of develop him, and then it's like I say, it's been working quite well so far, and it seems to be a nice relationship they've got going.
0: Yeah, and all the likelihood is that we will see Chicago in the playoffs now. They've taken a bit of a stranglehold of the NFC North. Moving on to the final game, the blockbuster game, uh, where we have more points to this than a bad day. On the Weight Watchers' diet, Kansas City at LA Rams. 105 points split, 54-51 in favour of the Ramsley. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I love that uh, Weight Watch diet. <laughs> I mean, you I've tried down the last I've had. It was sort
0: of audible, Took me all day to think of that. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, but, yeah, you know, if you, if you like offensive football, this is about as good as you're going to get, really, isn't it? Oh. Almost uh, every drive resulted in points. Just felt like whoever would have the ball last within the game. It was sort of that sort of end to end, just racking it up. It was almost like a basketball game. Yeah, you know, it was sort of end to end scoring. Um, I said I didn't think he had hit the over under. Now, still, do I look with that? Now, sixty three. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely smashed it. Mm. Uh, I think if they had another quarter, I think they would have got sixty three apiece. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were still some good defensive performances in a way that you know Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald. Uh, And Samuel uh, Ebukam got two touchdowns, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're not aware of him, he's an outside linebacker, so that shows something he's in the right place at the right time, picking up on bits and pieces, and then flipping over, Alvin Bailey got a touchdown for Kansas City as well, so it wasn't all about the offences, but if you do like offences, like I said, my advice, download this, get it in your game pass, keep it there, and when the season rolls around and it's all finished, that'd be good therapy for when you're missing football,
0: yeah it's not often it's not often you see t, you know 51-54 scoreline and the defense is on fantasy still scoring double digit points i mean absolutely ridiculous i think the rams scored 21 points on fantasy defense uh, and I think the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had like ten or fifteen or something, depending on your scoring formats. But uh, just to give you a bit of, of the, uh, I, w- I wanted to have a rant actually about the Chicago Minnesota game, but it actually feeds quite nicely into this Kansas City game about Game Pass. Now, if you go on Game Pass and watch the highlight, you get to, you get to watch Game in forty. You get to watch the whole game, or you get to watch the highlights. Now, if you go into the highlights package of the, of this Kansas City LA Rams game, uh, I mean it's a it's a hell of a ride. Um, but the, the Minnesota the Minnesota Chicago game, if you watch that. Literally every play that they show on there, they have that replay. You know, they showed like replays of the different plays. Every play in that Minnesota Chicago game, no matter what it was, whether it's a touchdown or a pass or something like that, they showed like four different angles of every play, and it really annoyed me. But this game, obviously here, you don't have any time to fit it all in. So there's, there's so much action. Um, so it just the contrast of those <laughs> those two games on Game Pass, it's quite shocking. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I imagine if you watch the highlights of this game, just every plays a touchdown, I guess. Yeah, because mental. that many, and you know, obviously it shows the kicks, doesn't it, as well, so mm. every scoring play. Mm. Yeah, there's not a lot, sort of, uh, time left if you don't show scoring plays, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, just wanted to put this out, so, you know, obviously it's an NFC team versus an AFC team, both doing really well. Anyone fancy this as a Super Bowl?
0: Be good, wouldn't it? Be it good.
1: would be like offensive football.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. For, uh, the, for the sort of defense, the, the defensive-minded people, and purists, I don't think it'd be one for them, but yeah, no, I think it'd be entertaining, to say the least.
0: Yeah, but the defenses were pretty decent, though. Like, say, Aaron Donald got stripped sacks and fumbles, and then obviously, um, oh, yeah. yeah,
1: there, there was,
0: there was still know. defensive flavouring in there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred, definitely. But you don't want to see, you don't want to see a scoreline of fifty-one, fifty-four in the Super Bowl, do you? Of course you do. Why not? <laughs> Maybe I'm one of those people who's slightly more defensive-minded and wouldn't mind seeing. Lots of
0: good defense, you so. you go you go and watch highlights of Miami Dolphins versus New York Jets a couple of weeks ago. and I'll just worry. I'll rewatch this. Oh, no, I don't
1: really want to watch bad football. <laughs> <It's good> football.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, and the other the other strange fact in this one was that Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley didn't get any rushing touchdowns, and Todd Gurley didn't even get in the end zone at all. Which you know, considering the Rams scored fifty four points, how does Todd Gurley not score a touchdown?
1: Yeah, had a bit of a had a bit of a quietish game, didn't he? On by his standards,
0: crazy. 54 points and Todd Gurley doesn't get in the end zone. Absolutely crazy. Crazy yeah. stuff. Crazy stuff. <laughs> um, okay, talking of crazy stuff, uh, I'm that, that's obviously week 11 all wrapped up, so I'm going to go and talk to Adam and put his NFL knowledge to the test in everyone's favourite game show, and you can play along too. It's the full 10 questions. Okay, as everyone knows, it's that time of the week where we pit someone's NFL knowledge to the test, and this week it's our very own Adam Wolford of Touchdown Tips. Who I don't know if you listened to any of the previous ones, Adam, but uh, I'm hoping that you do very well.
2: I would like to think so. Yeah, I've been listening the last few weeks. I normally get seven or eight, so mm-hmm. cue me getting four out of five. Now we'll uh, we'll see, but I'm I'm mildly confident. Mm.
0: Yeah, six or seven usually seems to be about the bar, and I think a couple of people have got seven, a couple of people got six. So, the, uh, the the promised land of eight and eight or more is uh, still to be touched. So, hopefully, uh, we can we can get you on board today. Again, anyone listening, uh, if you want to get in get involved with the full ten questions, get in touch with us at Full Ten Yards, and we would love to have uh, a variety of different people on to have a crack at these questions. So Adam, uh, we, we, obviously you do our tips for us as well. We back to kind of back to Winways last week, and uh, after the quiz, we'll we'll touch on maybe some Thanksgiving things that we like. Nothing too formal, but uh, obviously a couple of games there to get our teeth into.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of a uh, couple of nice odds ones. Uh, a returning one from last week who somehow has gone up in the odds despite the fact he's at home. So yeah, I'll mention that afterwards
0: lovely love a teaser okay talking of teaser let's tease you with a couple of questions as you know 10 questions um not really a time limit but if you are taking too long uh we shall move you on and we have to take your first answer so the question is adam are you ready
2: yes bring it on
0: okay so would you like question set uh, question of a or question b
2: uh we'll go with questions a please questions
0: a okay question one which team plays at nrg stadium
2: uh, the Houston Texans.
0: Which player won the regular season MVP last season?
2: Last season was... Oh my God, I'm panicking already. This is the <laughs> pressure. This is why people <laughs> don't get high scores. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Which
0: player did the Carolina Panthers draft in the first round of the 2018 draft?
2: Uh, DJ Moore.
0: What number does Matt Ryan wear?
2: Ooh, um, twelve.
0: Who coaches the San
2: Francisco 49ers? Kyle Shanahan.
0: Which two teams contested last year's Super Bowl?
2: The Eagles and the Patriots.
0: Name any team that has not played an international series game in London.
2: Uh, The Texans.
0: How many penalty yards does a full start incur? Five. Who was the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers directly before Aaron Rodgers?
2: Uh, I want to say Brett Favre. I don't think it is, but that's all I can think of.
0: And finally, within 20, how many points did the LA Rams score in the uh, regular season in
2: 2017? Oh, I should know this doing the um, totals bets. Um, 464.
0: Okay, not a bad effort
2: at all. I know, I definitely got the first one wrong.
0: Uh, first one was who play, plays who plays at NRG Stadium. Uh, no, now, sorry,
2: I think I definitely got the MVP wrong. <laughs>
0: uh Texans do play at NRG Stadium. Which player won the regular season MVP last year was of course Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, I'll blank. I was gonna say him, but
0: uh DJ Moore was, was in uh was drafted by the Carolina Panthers in this year's draft. Matt Ryan wears number two. Ooh. Um Kyle Shanahan does in, in fact Coached the San Francisco 49ers. The two teams in the last year's Super Bowl with, of course, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Houston were one of the three teams that have not played an inter- international series game in London. You have a crack at the other two?
2: The Panthers and the Packers. Oh, he knows his stuff, the boy. He knows and his stuff. And the Panthers are playing the Texans next year, so oh, nice. <clears throat> that'd be two in one go if uh, they could get that going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Houston, of course, have uh, played an international series game in, uh, I think it was, uh, was it in Canada or Mexico? I can't remember which one, but they've played not in London. Yeah, I
2: did not know
0: that. Uh, five yards is a penalty uh, for a full start. Uh, it was Brett Favre before Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, nice. And within 20, the total points was 478. So you smashed Ooh, that one get in, as just well.
2: About.
0: So let me just quickly total that one up. I make that 8 out of 10, Adam.
2: Yeah. yeah, if only I got the Matt Ryan one. I knew I had a two in it. I just couldn't uh, <laughs> couldn't quite get Yeah,
0: very, very, very solid effort there. And say so the um, it helps the the Rams one. Obviously, if you did the total points last season to four hundred and seventy eight. So yeah. Uh, I, I figured I did within 20 because I thought quite a lot of people might go 500 ish and it might be just a bit of a heartbreaker. So I'm,
2: I'm, I'm very am <laughs> nice like to that. ruin it for people. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I enjoy ruin, ruining people's parties. Uh, but talking of parties, Adam, obviously Thanksgiving on Thursday. Are you looking forward to it? Are you staying up for all three?
2: Uh, definitely won't be up for all three. I've got a mate coming up from Oxford, so we'll be out drinking. So I might make one and a half, but I'll <laughs> be at home in bed by midnight.
0: Cinderella. We call you Cinderella from now on.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm thirty thirty five now. I can't make it past midnight <laughs> if I'm on a night out.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, what what uh, to go better with a party than some winning bets? So what what would you fancy? Thanksgiving? Anything you, that that stands out to you?
2: Yeah, I did originally have a treble. I had the Bears minus three and a half. I had the Redskins plus eight, and the Saints minus eight. Obviously, there's a couple of alternate handicaps on that one. Hmm. Um, that came out to four and a half to one, um, but The news about Mitchell Trubisky not throwing yet and him being classed as day-to-day is a little bit worrying. Mm. Um, I can't imagine Chase Daniel doing a huge amount. Um, The fact that Trubisky is also a mobile quarterback is a little bit of a worry for it. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's um, it's a risky one, so I probably shouldn't really go for that now, so I'll probably give that one a miss. Um, Sorry, go
0: No, I was going to say, I really liked... um, Unfortunately, I've gone for... I like all three unders, uh, on Thanksgiving, Ooh. now obviously the Trubisky uh, thing would probably bring the line down a little bit, but under, it was, it's originally under 45 and a half, which I quite like so I think it would be just another case of Chicago shutting out Detroit and that defence stepping up and obviously if on the other side of the ball uh, mr Trubisky's not going to be there, there's not going to be a lot of points in this game despite the uh, and Detroit obviously kept Carolina to a low score last last week, so
2: Yeah, I um, I did have originally written down the unders in the Dallas game as well Yeah, yeah I've got it um, well, yeah, it's risky going unders on the Saints nowadays, but it is sixty. So, mm. yeah. yeah, it's this huge, uh, huge line again. Yeah, but it, does,
0: it, it scares me. That that handicap line for the Atlanta Falcons twelve and a half scares me a little bit.
2: Yeah, obviously that's why I knocked it down to eight. That's a big um, number. But the the thing is, they've been killing them, so mm. they're going to keep raising them because they knew know the public are going to keep on betting them. They so, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I take thirteen at all or twelve and a half. But um, no. Yeah, if you can knock it down to seven or eight, then you're probably looking good.
0: Yeah, I think they, they win you know, quite comfortably with the with under double figures, I'm quite happy to say. But I, I went um, just penciled in Atlanta plus 12 and a half and uh, probably, I'd probably put up to plus 14 on alternatives. But the you know, I also went Washington plus uh, seven and a half. So I think that'd be a defensive... The, the offensive line there for Dallas are a bit banged up as well. Uh, Zach Martin and Connor Williams and, and uh, Tyler Smith, I think, missed practice or were limited. So... The um, defensive line, obviously for Washington in the last game at FedEx Fields kind of mauled us over a little bit. So I think that could be a low score, and I went Chicago minus four as well. But obviously, back of Trubisky news, that's not something I'm going to be rushing to take. Any 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 time touchdown scores?
2: Yeah, again <clears throat> with the Trubisky news, it might be a little risky. But Anthony Miller uh, is twelve to five at the moment for the Bears. He scored uh, three out, th- I think three out of four the last four games. Obviously, one of them was against Lions where he put up over hundred yards as well. Mm. Um his line is set at thirty nine and a half. So I think over on that seems a pretty good bet. Mm. Um carry on Johnson looks like he's gonna be out for the Lions, yeah. so you'd imagine Theo Riddick would get a lot more of the passing work. Yeah. Um he was fifteen to eight. Or if you wanted both of them you can get them at eight to one on Skybet for mm. <clears throat> both of them to score.
0: Yeah, any the any, uh, obviously the Trubisky news. I, I quite like take uh, uh, Alan Robinson at fifteen to and Trey Burton at just over nine to four. But obviously Trubisky, I'm not going to really go anywhere near those. Anyone other one that stood out was Austin Hooper at twenty three to ten. It uh, could be a high scoring game, and I know Dallas shut them down, shut him down last week. And the Saints are usually pretty good against tight ends. Just like what they did to Zach Ertz on Sunday. But uh, yeah, Austin Hooper seems to be a bit of a staple now in that in that offense.
2: For yeah, for the Falcons, yeah, mm. I've gone with the uh, the other two tight ends. So I've got Ben Watson and Josh Hill, eleven to two and seventeen to two, respectively. For them two on the other side of the ball. Mm. Uh, the one that I mentioned uh, that we took last week is Dak Prescott again. Yeah, um, he's nine to two this week for some reason. It's gone up Jesus. from the four to one we got last week.
0: Yeah, G- yeah um, getting getting a lot of value on him this year.
2: Yeah, seems like I mean scored four in the last five games now. Mm. And one per game, so it's good for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, his rushing yards are set at 24 and a half, which I thought was a fairly low line. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of massive ones on the both players to score on that game, mainly, obviously, because Alex Smith is out. Um, it'll be Colt McCoy under court on under centre, but he's not that much different to Smith, to be honest. Smith has no. not been playing that well. No. So you can get... Um, you got Michael Gallup and Vernon Davis, both to score, 40 to 1 you know, Michael Gallup and Maurice Harris at 50-1, to one, and Maurice Harris and Vernon Davis at 100-1. to one. Mm. Yeah, And mine... I know that they're very unlikely to score, but are those odds, I'm going to have a couple of quid on them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah I don't really see the many points uh, in this one, so yeah, so you're going to have to hit either both, because I'm not sure there would be multiple too many uh, touchdown scores in this game. Obviously, Michael Gallup as well, just be wary that uh, his brother, I think, died from suicide at the weekend, so he's got a bit of time away, so I'm not sure if he'll play uh, or not, so just a yeah. uh, word of warning on that one.
2: Sorry, I, no, I did see the news. I didn't see what the news was. I saw the reply from Jerry Jones saying that we respect his blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. I didn't actually find yeah, out yeah. what the actual thing was. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So there you go. Yeah, not not good times there. But so, yeah, hopefully he'll... Yeah, I don't know if he'll play Thursday. Obviously, have to wait and see on that one. I, I probably would assume he would. He probably would, I would have thought. They usually tend to. I know it's not a nice time for the family, but they tend to usually play through it, don't they?
2: Yeah, obviously. um I think he did. Mar- Marquise Goodwin did last year after losing his kid the morning of the game, yeah. and I think it's just a release Brilliant. for them. It's somewhere yeah. where they can just get away from it all. So yeah. yeah. I think they use it and to kind of distract themselves. To be honest.
0: Yep. All right, that's pretty much Thanksgiving wrapped up then. So we'll again that's we'll speak to you. Note. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll speak to you on Friday, so we'll get some uh, some more bets for the weekend. But uh, well done on your eight out of ten atop uh, top of the leaderboard. We'll get a graphic. We, we'll get a graphic out on that for you.
2: Yeah, and um, I assume you saw on Facebook we won someone a fair bit of money this week with our selections last week, so yeah, we did, fingers yes. crossed we'll keep that going this week as well.
0: Yeah, some good uh, any touchdown scores coming in, which we'll recap on Friday. But yeah, good job for this week. Uh, most weeks we've been pretty good, so we'll, we'll continue that on Friday, hopefully.
2: Yeah, brilliant, mate.
0: Cool, well, well done, and we'll speak Friday.
2: Cheers, Sam, see you Friday.
0: Eight out of ten there. Impressive stuff from Adam, of course, our resident tipster expert. He will be back with us on Friday. So all that leaves us left to do, Lee, is uh, kind of uh, Thursday night football, obviously. Some stinkers and stonkers, Jason Garrett corner, uh, and some waiver stuff as well. But let's start with, obviously, week 11. Stinkers and stonkers, who have you gone for this week?
1: So what do you want to start off as? What do you want to start?
0: Let's start Let's start off with the stinkers. Let's poop the place out.
1: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, both of these are going to make me seem a bit sort of treacherous. So my stinker, unfortunately, is Philip Rivers. He's not immune. You know, I've been a Chargers fan. Still got to give it him. And you might ask, so how can you have a stinker when you threw for over 400 yards? Well, because he did some really stupid plays mm. and costly times and cost us the game almost, in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah I agree. receptions uh, obviously, you mentioned one of them before. Both of the ones that he threw just killed the momentum and gave it all to the Broncos at sort of really vital times. Mm. Um, but the worst, the worst play of the game, the one that triggered me the most, was uh, on our final offensive drive, third down, just over two—no, sorry, just under two minutes to play—and he threw it into the dirt and stopped the clock instead of just taking a sack, which mm-hmm. gave him, you know, I think it was a minute
0: fifty-eight,
1: rather yeah. than you know one minute 18, one minute seventeen, to drive down the field. And you know, we, we punted. Johnny Jones got a good punt off, so. Those are crucial seconds that could have won us the game. Um, I think he put it on his shoulders at the end. He sort of owned it, which is great to see. Very good leadership. But yeah, you don't expect a veteran quarterback to do that. You expect him to sort of, even though he played badly, like I say, you don't expect him to do that. And it sort of, it hurt. Mm. It was a bad one. Bad one to lose.
0: Yeah, certainly was. So he's been pretty decent this year, uh, cutting those kind of mistakes out. Last year and, you know, couple of last couple of years, he's been a bit of a slinger, isn't he? And can, can do some funny games, some funny things like that. But uh, yeah, it was a bit uncharacteristic of him this year. My one I've gone for is Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, talking of interceptions. I mean, the guy just loves giving out interceptions, doesn't he? And... Uh, the quarterback carousel in, in Tampa Bay, obviously Jameis Winston, I think, has already been named starter for, for next week's game. But Dirk Carter, he, he's got to go. You've just got to you know, break all that, that stuff up over in Tampa and just start again and rebuild because uh, things aren't going to get better until you do so. They, these two are just... It's almost as if they're trolling him and just saying, oh, let's see how you know, see how long it takes for me to get benched this week kind of thing. And it's just ridiculous. And Tampa Bay are just a joke joke of a team this year. Yeah, Dirk
1: Carter's not going to rebuild that franchise, I don't think. Oh, so. no, no. No. Play
0: in the summer. No. Just blow it blow it all up now and just, just start start the rebuilding process. I mean, I I know yeah. I suppose I suppose Jameis was obviously seen as the as the franchise quarterback of the future, but I don't know who else they've got there. I don't I don't suppose they've got anyone at all. But um yeah, you just gotta blow it all up, start again and, and just go from there it it's just it's just failed miserably this season and Dirk has just gotta go. So uh, let's go from stinkers to stonkers. Then, so I'll, I'll go with my stonkers first. So I've gone for a, a kind of a duo. They're the same you know, pass rushers, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. Just you know, these 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 guys. They, if you watch what they did uh, on on prime time, this is why they get the money they get because they are just so disruptive and they 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 change games on one play. Uh, they they're, they're so talented and you know, they're just a joy to watch. For, you know, as much as we are. Glued to our TVs watching the offenses and you know points being scored. These kind of guys, you know, there's a appreciation, general appreciation for these kind of guys that you know get to the quarterback and and make plays and just show you know got a superhero-like strength and you know to, to get to get to quarterback, strip fumbles and and you know get points for their team. So you know, I, I think those two in particular uh, have been playing out of their skin the last couple of weeks.
1: Thank you. Thank you for putting some respect on defensive football. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Aaron Donald, just like I've mentioned it before, in my opinion, is the best football player on the whole planet. Um, he's obviously a defensive tackle, and that's not usually where you sort of have the sack leader coming from, but he leads sack at the moment with 13 and a half sacks. So that's like, sort of amazing by itself. Sort of issues, obviously, the edge guys that sort of have the advantage in that regard. But I saw a great start on Aaron Donald that he's double teamed 72% of the time. And he still has those numbers and he still wrecks the game and still gets the forced fumbles that he gets. And, you know, all the other pressures that he gets that don't exactly go down the stat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, he's a superhuman. He's he's a superhero.
0: Yeah. I think he still leads the league in sacks. I don't know. I know he's leading by one coming into this week's games. I think he had a couple, didn't he, Uh, this week. So I assume he'll still be atop of that leaderboard. Uh, let's change things up a little bit because obviously we've got a bit of Thanksgiving to to yeah. go through. So let's do uh, let's do waivers for week eleven, and actually let's do Jason Garrett corner, uh, oh. and then oh, you
1: you sort of cut me off with my stonker. I mean, I don't mind. Oh, not mentioning...
0: yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was so excited by uh, your your compliment to me for for giving respect to the defense. Diff- diff- <laughs> I forgot all about yours. So yeah, no, you crack you crack on.
1: <laughs> I, say, I, I mean, I'm fine. It's a chief. that I'm giving it to so. You know, we can just move straight on. Oh, you're double you're double dipping yourself this week. I know, I know. Stinking I the
0: Chargers and stunking the Chiefs.
1: One one loss, and I've just totally gone, totally off the bandwagon. Lost the game, Sam. Lost the game. <laughs> no, yeah, my uh, my son is Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, two hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns, most productive offensive player in the most offensive game we've ever seen. Um he's just so explosive, and Andy Reid just used him perfectly, just accentuating his main strength, which is obviously his speed. You know, he's called the cheater after all. Mm. He's not the best receiver in the league, but no. you know, he's not even top ten. But Reed makes him just look unbelievably good and just his utilisation of him. He's just perfect and you know, he's yeah, just amazing, amazing mm. player. Um and yeah, just Really
0: thankful that he's in the AFC West. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing actually. The amount of times you see Tyreek Hill catch the ball and like, literally no one's near him. Because I don't think he yeah. actually has that many contested catches and I think that would obviously show him up a bit. But then, you know, if you're a coach, why would you put, even put him in those situations? Just bomb him down the field on a fade or a go route or something, some a double move or something and just let him go and Patrick Mahomes can throw 80-odd yards anyway. So yeah, perfect perfect match, perfect coach and th- those are the results you get. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. like... Patrick Mums doesn't
0: exactly struggle for range either, does he? No, no. No, okay, so sinkers and stonkers are in the book, so let's, uh, without further ado, get to Jason Garrett Corner. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet, you really are a muppet. It's four from one, don't do it, just clap your hands. Okay, so a couple of contenders this week for Jason Garrett corner. I'm going to circle back to the Carolina-Detroit game, uh, going for two points at the end there. Now I appreciate that you know a, you get applauded for bravery and being aggressive and all the rest of it. But the thing is, the thing that I I don't mind them going for the win. But the thing that really annoys me about it, or not really annoys me, but the thing I just want to question is. Considering the the position of the Panthers in terms of wild card position, uh, you know, still have a, a slight chance of the division as, as well, I suppose. But considering the position they're in, I, I would have thought that they'd rather take the heart, you know, not say play for the tie, but give themselves the chance for the tie because they can still win as well. But the tie would probably help them quite a lot for the playoff uh, playoff places as a, as a wild card because they are a game or two ahead of pretty much everyone else. So, you know, if the worst were to happen and they went on a bit of a, a wobbly run and, and lost a couple of games, that, that half a game could have done probably um, helped them out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it could have been, uh, it Obviously, it goes back to the Titans Chargers games, doesn't it? And where I was praising very so I can't really go in too hard on, mm. on this one. But yeah. Like you say, it's sort of situational. It's sort of, um, you got to play each case. on oh, it's merits, really, does not it? And then like you say, you make a good point when it's on the playoff and how it's going to shake out. And, you do give yourself sort of that extra 15 minutes when you're going to lose the game anyway. If you don't, if you don't get it, mm. uh, you, know, you give yourself that extra 15 minutes potentially to, to win it. Mm. Uh, and as the better team, you should really be backing yourself to win it in overtime. But you know, it's it's a brave decision, and I I'm, I'm not going to go into on that, Billy.
0: I mean, because you got Minnesota to five four and one. Obviously, you didn't know they were five three and one going in because they played before. Obviously, they were on Sunday night football. But Dallas five and five. Carolina six and four, Atlanta four and six, Seattle five and five. If you if if you're you're obviously now six and four. If you can then go you know, hypothetically six three and one, that gives you a good a good little buffer there. If you you know say have a wobbly in the next couple of games, I, I, I'll pull up the Carolina schedule in front of me shortly. But I just I just thought it was a strange one considering the position they're in. I just thought they could kind of almost assure themselves of a of a playoff spot maybe if they got the half the half game there. But um, yeah, not not too not too sure. So I've got the, the the Carolina schedule in front of me. Next couple of games, I know they play uh, Atlanta uh, and New Orleans twice. I think in the last three weeks, uh, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Cleveland do the other games. So yeah, just was just a bit, bit strange decision for me. I don't mind people going for win teams going for wins, and it's all about winning the NFL. But yeah, I just thought situational, um, just kind of kind of would have worked on the side of caution there a little bit. But you know, riverboat Ron rolling the dice and coming up short, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he's got the live to his nickname, I think, after all.
0: Mm. Yeah, <laughs> OK, who's your who's your Jason Garrett corner?
1: But yeah, I'm, I'm going to circle back even further. I'm going to go all the way out to Thursday. I mentioned this on our Friday podcast, but Mike McCarthy, you know, I'm going to go through it again, you know, stick it on you again. Why would you punt with four minutes to go and one time out when you've got Devan Adams, who's well over 100 yards, Aaron, Aaron, John, Aaron Jones, sorry, who's over 100 yards, on scrimmage yards in, on the day, and the greatest QB of all time. Why are you doing it? Why are you putting it away and just lying to Seattle just to run it out? Mm. doesn't make any sense.
0: God, that seems like ages ago. <laughs> it
1: actually does, but um, yeah, to me, no one really made a bigger gaffe than that because I just think it's, it, it's, how do you How do you explain it? I mm. it's it sort, of, sort of brought those tensions to the fore, hasn't it, between McCarthy and mm. uh, Rogers? and I think he could be getting his, I don't know what the American version of P45 is, but... I think he might be getting it in the in the springtime. Mm. Isn't it a pink slip? I don't know. I really don't know.
0: No.
1: I thought yeah. I started saying it without knowing it, and I thought oh, I'll just get my excuse in before <laughs> I, uh, I finish. Mm.
0: No, I don't know either, but I think it's it's pretty much it's a pink slip or something that they get given. But um, who knows? If you know out there, out fourteen yards, give us a shout. Love to clarify that one up. Um, okay, let's move on to next week then. Lee, we have a little look ahead to Thursday night. But uh, fancy wise first, let's just uh, throw out a couple of names. People out there can go ahead on their waiver wires uh, and pick up. I've got a couple of names. Uh, obviously, the big one for me was Gus Edwards coming out of nowhere. Uh, for Baltimore in the rushing game, and like I say earlier in the podcast as well, Baltimore have a favourable schedule in terms of fantasy matchups in the next couple of weeks. So if he's the the guy that they've taken, uh, I think um, the coaching staff are coming out and said that they they like his north south run style. So you know he's almost Alex Collins the second. But yeah, Alex Collins. It's actually quite funny if you go on the NFL.com and click on Alex Collins's name. Um, on the fantasy site, it says uh, his, his headline says finds end zone, comma bench. So I found out quite that was quite funny. <laughs> was almost as if he, he found the bench, but um, yeah, obviously Gus Edwards coming out of nowhere, 100 yards uh, on the ground. So he's going to be uh, a hot ad uh, for the for running back position, which is at this point in the season pretty bleak. There's not really many people left on there, so uh, he's he's probably the one shining light that on there that people are going to be rushing to go and get this week. Who have you got for waivers this week, Lee?
1: Uh, so I've just got a couple. I'm just going to go Josh Squared. Uh, so I've got, first of all, Josh Reynolds. Yep. Obviously, in you know, LA, like, could cut the placement, got a touchdown uh, last night. Yep. Uh Add him in if you can. I think he's sort of there to stay for the rest of the season, like with could Cup out for the season. And then my second Josh is Josh Adams of Philadelphia. He seems to own that backfield at the moment. But, it's, you know, be aware. He's not as sort of the, the feature back. They don't use just the one. So be aware of that. But yeah. if you're desperate, could do worse.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Smith Square as well. Tracorn Smith, obviously with a big blow-up game for New Orleans last night. Again, uh, sorry, Sunday night. I don't know why it's like I don't know why I think it's Monday, but. Um... Uh, yeah, Traecon Smith obviously blew up and they the New Orleans Saints score a lot of points. And Traecon Smith seems to be getting the, the, the wide receiver too. He'll probably be gone in most leagues, but there'll be some um, slightly shallower leagues where Traecon Smith is still available. And then Johnny Smith, last couple of weeks, had a, uh, two touchdowns in a row, three, you know, two and three games ago, but, and then had 44. I think he led the team in targets uh, last week uh, against the against the Colts. So Johnny Smith, again, tight end, is a, a barren uh, Baron Sahara Desert of a, type of a position so you could do probably do a spot start for Jono Smith obviously with uh, Travis Kelsey uh, and sort of the Vams Titans on a buy next week and also just well, obviously before we move on to the Thanksgiving Games handcuffs for, for the waivers try and get it. now is the perfect week to get a handcuff so you know if you're a ZK only a, uh, owner go and get Rod Smith if you're a Todd Gurley owner go and get Malcolm Brown Spencer Ware for Kareem Hunt etc etc because now now is where you know if, if an injury goes you know if you've got a lot of uh, waiver wire budget left, you can you can go and get these players and they potentially league winners because they're going to be inheriting a lot a lot of work and a lot of volume uh, in those backfields and it, can, it applies to a couple of a couple of them. Obviously, Austin Eckler's another one, but I think he's probably gone in most leagues because he has standalone value uh, over over the last couple of weeks. Anyway, but yeah, if you if you are a team that's destined uh, for the playoffs and maybe has the first week buy, maybe. Just uh, get rid of a, a player that has a bad schedule in the playoffs, or a player you don't, you're not going to use, and just maybe ha- have a handcuff there uh, of one of those players I mentioned because you you could have a, an RB one there. Yeah, no, yeah, solid advice. Definitely
1: agree with that.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Thursday then. So first game up is Detroit at Chicago. Obviously, NFC North uh, battle. All these all these games on on Thanksgiving are. Divisional games, which is unusual. I don't usually have all, all divisional games, but um, that's what we've got this year. D- Detroit as Chicago's first one. Mitch Trubisky, obviously a bit of an injury news there with his shoulders, so just see what he's like. I think he's, a, he's day-to-day, but should be okay. Uh, player that is going to miss the game is Kerryon Johnson, uh, the running back, who has a, a knee sprain uh, and not anything serious. Uh, so you know, you're, in, you're in a bit of bother there if you are a Kerryon Johnson fantasy owner because he's going to miss a game, and you know this is the stage where it's, it gets to the crux of the business end of it. Um, so you can enjoy a split backfield between Theo Zach Zenner and LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, Theo Riddick, I assume, would be the most productive out of those three, uh, considering how the Chicago Bears defence play. You know, they're going to look to get Riddick out in place and so, you know, run him out to the flat and maybe in the slot as well. But uh, yeah, I don't really see much joy here for, for Detroit in this one. No, no, definitely
1: not. And I'm, you know, if I'm backing him against Minnesota, I'm definitely going to back Chicago mm. uh, in, in a game against Detroit. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, I think Trubisky will be fine. I don't think even on this short turnaround, I don't think it'll be something that'll keep him out. Mm. Chicago are in sort of win mode, win now mode now, aren't they? Now that they're sort of at the top of that division, they can't sort of like, Oh yeah, we'll give Mitch a week, you know, we'll sort of sit in for this one. They they need to win. They're they're sort of in this unexpected position of being right up there in the playoff race and even the, the division or you know, title race. They can't mm. sort of let the foot off the gas now. They need to go for it. And I think, yeah, I think this will be another win for them.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't like any of the lines, uh, or bet, from a betting perspective, in this one, but uh, or any of the games on Thursday. But Chicago and Detroit, Chicago are three point five point favorites, and the over under here is forty five. I'd probably go under in this one because I think they'll just, uh, just Chicago will try and run, maybe run it a bit more uh, and keep it and maybe just keep it close. They don't, I don't think they really have to do a lot to win this game.
1: Yeah, I think they will run it, especially like we said with Mitch being injured a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, I think that's just going to point towards yeah, Jordan Howard, Three Cohen, sort of getting some mm-hmm. work. And some yeah, some
0: creative run scheming. Mm. Yeah, talking about run scheming, probably be a lot of running in this one too. Washington at Dallas. Dallas seven point favourites over under here is quite a low one, 40.5, obviously. Colt McCoy will be quarterbacking for the Washington Redskins. Uh not not too much to shout about really on offense apart from Adrian Peterson from, the, from a Washington perspective all season, to be quite honest. Jameson Crowder seems to be um, more than happy to sit on the injury table. Josh Doxon's not been had the greatest of seasons and Paul Richardson is now obviously on IR. Nice to see actually Jordan Reed get in the end zone last week. I uh, always enjoy seeing Jordan Reed score touchdowns. But Dallas Cowboys should have enough for this one, but I'm not sure maybe, they maybe probably don't cover a touchdown. Yeah, no, I think it'd be quite
1: narrow. I don't think this would be the best game, I think. They've yeah, uh, like a lot of sort of running uh, attack from both sides, I think. Yeah. There's not a lot of players to lean on for the Redskins, to be honest. Obviously, they had... Like you say, this poor sort of outlook. Anyway, without even with Alex Smith, sorry. Uh, and, it, and but then so sort of they looked to that and sort of said, well, at least we've got like this experienced quarterback who can sort of pilot with a little bit. And obviously, everyone knows that Alex Smith's pretty sensible with the ball. I, I think obviously they're even missing that element now. So yeah, this has been quite an easy win for the Cowboys. I think Zeke is going to have a good game. This might be a bit of an, a Mari Cooper breakout game. Mm. So if they're going to sort of uh, prey on this wounded animal a little bit.
0: Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think this is going to be a defenses on top kind of game. Obviously, Houston Texans were all over the Washington Redskins uh, on Sunday, and Dallas's defense—I've—I've I've lauded them over the last couple of weeks. And Washington offensive line is not that great, and Dallas have a few a few players banged up there uh, on the offensive line as well. So you have to watch those injury situations. But it could be a defensive game. Uh, I think Dallas might, might just deke it out. But Colt McCoy is—he's he's, uh, not—he's not a dustman. Um, you know, you no, can do—you can do more. He can do administration as well, I suppose, but. Uh, Maybe work for the council or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, Carl McCoy, he, he's been around enough. He he could, um, he's essentially a, a, a Alex Smith the second. He does lots of dump offs, and he doesn't do do a lot either. But um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a lot closer than the seven point line uh, handicap line suggests. Moving on to Atlanta, New Orleans, the uh, the, the Thanksgiving night game, if you like. Uh, New Orleans Saints, thirteen point favorites in this one. That's an absolutely huge line. Uh, the over under here is sixty as well, but I don't I don't actually see it being that that high. I don't,
1: 60. When, 60. What, when the, the line was 63 for the Rams and the, uh, Rams and the Chiefs. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't like 60, 60
1: at all. a bit high. Mm. Maybe they like uber-cautious mm. You know with the Lions now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think the easy win for the Saints, I think they'll sort of run up a few points on the Falcons. Falcons haven't been great, have been quite underwhelming. Mm. Uh, you know, they they obviously just got beaten by a Dallas team that we were expecting them to win against, that's quite underwhelming for them. Yeah, I don't see it going any other way, to be honest. I'm just looking for another surgical performance from number nine.
0: Surgical performance. Gigi, what about the 13-point line?
1: Do you like that? Well, the 13-point the favourites, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'd, I'd see them breaking that. I'd see that sort of being about right, to be honest, yeah. Mm. Interesting. You, know, you think oh, You sort of high on the Falcons, as we?
0: Oh, no. about? I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm high on the Falcons, but I just thought that's, a ma- that's a massive yeah. line. That 13 point line. That's like a, a New England versus Buffalo game.
1: Mm, yeah, but like the savings in the last few weeks have been incredible, haven't they? And has got like one interception the whole year, hasn't he? So he's not going to sort of give them any chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the Saints at home as well maybe. But yeah, I just it was just a I wasn't expecting to see double digits. Might have been able to like see ten, but I just think thirty. I th- again I think it's just the bias on the bookies not wanting to take any money on the Saints or kinda of getting an inflated line there on the total points and the and the Saints, but um yeah. Obviously high profile win against Philadelphia as well last week on you know, on uh, on Sky Sports. But um yeah. Yeah I was just a bit was a bit surprised. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh I don't think I think that's pretty much it for this week, Lee.
1: That wraps us up, doesn't it? Yeah. The week
0: yeah. in the books. Absolutely, yeah, week 12 fast approaching, obviously the three games now on Thanksgiving, but uh, we'll be back on Friday, but don't forget we have a, the November competition jersey, where you can win a Larry, Fitzger- Larry Fitzgerald jersey, and why wouldn't you not want to win that? Head over to our uh, Twitter page at full10 yards for that. And don't forget, uh, Scott McKay has also uh, just released an article which is up on the website, full10yards.com forward slash fantasy hyphen football hyphen articles, or just go onto our blog page there and it'll be up there. Just giving you again for fantasy purposes, it's trade laid down for some leagues this week uh, and some people even stop waivers, I think. Um, so just maybe a couple of targets there, you might, or teams you want to target there to. Help you win your fantasy fantasy football uh, games and seasons this week because, obviously, there's no there's no better bragging right than winning a fantasy football season, Lee. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, 100%. I've ma- managed to win two leagues in, in the past. And, yeah, you get the sort of, like, say, like, like the bragging rights for the year. Uh, not going to be me this year, unfortunately, not in any of my leagues. Uh, but it's just, like, just one of those things, isn't
0: it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, can't win all the time. But um, we will certainly be back on Friday to... Give you all the lowdown on the best of the week uh, week 12 games now, isn't it? Blimey. Week 12. football Player football player football is almost here. That's crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, that's going to do it for today's episode of the 410 Yards Podcast. We thank you all so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review for your chance to win that Larry Fitzgerald jersey. But until Friday, it's goodbye from Lee. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Have a good week. Uh, we'll see you next week after the uh, the games. And it's goodbye from me too. I
0: hope you have a good week, gentlemen. We will we will be back on Friday. So the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.